Welcome to This Guy Sucks with Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass! Oh boy, little fellas, little fellas. We're four weeks in, and honestly, the fantasy landscape is looking like an interstate hotel room. I've got some teams covered head to toe and piss and shit, and I've got others spewing out enough ejaculate to make the Playboy Mansion jealous. It's a strange thing. It's a very strange thing being pulled in this many different directions, but at the end of the day, that's what we signed up for, and that's the best that we can expect. I will say, I can hardly remember such an anarchist start to the season. I mean, geez, just look at running back alone. Only five of the top 20 running backs right now were drafted in the first three rounds. We built in some of that, but... For the most part, that's pretty fucking shocking. Um, tight end is an absolute fluster cuck. If you didn't draft Kelsey Andrews or Hawkinson, I pray you were able to snag Laporta, Komet, or Hunter Henry on the waiver wire. Jesus, Hunter Henry, who would have thought that would have made it into the opening monologue? Uh, quarterback and wide receiver have been pretty reliable and pretty predictable. Call them the double deuce of the lineups. And what better way to segue into today's theme, Roadhouse. 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 Ow. Roadhouse. Peter, for God's sakes, if you're gonna do that, at least aim for my breasts. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Roadhouse. But before, but, we, yeah. but before we force feed some awards, let's get to some chucks and sucks of the week. Knock on wood if you're with me. The chuck of the week is going to a man's man, a guy's guy, a dude's dude, a bro's bro. Uh, the second leading scorer of the week and the third quarterback of the season in points per game, Mr. Anthony fucking Richardson. Three total touchdowns, 56 yards on the ground. Uh, led a nice little comeback, even though it resulted in a loss against the Rams. He just looks fantastic, guys. I'm not sure there's another player in the league that can hold off Darren Aaron Donald with his left hand use his right hand to rip a 40-yard seam ball on the money as he's jumping in the air. Um, don't get me wrong. CJ Stroud is getting a deservedly large amount of the buzz as far as offensive rookie of the year goes. But what we're seeing from Anthony Richardson to me is as impressive, if not more. So let that shit dazzle. Quit playing. Robert. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. I'm fighting for my life. This one feels like piling on, but I really just have to let this rip. Uh, Daniel Jones has played four games this year. In three of them, he's finished as the quarterback 28, the quarterback 31, and the quarterback 24. This is making the bottom of the barrel look like a fucking penthouse. He's bottom five in every important advanced metric and remedial metric, I guess, if we're just being frank. Uh, But the worst is being three touchdowns to eight turnovers. That's eight drives that did not end in Darren Waller getting a touchdown. But honestly, at this point, I'll just take a fucking reception for him. Uh, The Giants are playing with house money going into this season, which makes them not, which makes not franchising Daniel Jones, franchise tagging him, one of the more puzzling moves of the offseason. There was no pressure on this team to succeed any more than they did last year, and they've just completely fucked up. Uh, the impact that Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson are having on New Yorkers has got to be making Al-Qaeda jealous at this point. Well, let's just get to some fucking awards. Today's show is no longer brought to you by Starbucks after they fucked up my order and gave me a bacon and Gruyere egg bites instead of roasted red pepper. I'm on Whole30. Get your shit together. So our new supporter going forward will be Dunkin' Donuts. 
the establishment that America wheezes on just rolled out the pumpkin swirl frozen coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, this features 185 grams of sugar, which equates to 46 teaspoons, and that's 14 glazed donuts. Mix in a little artificial pumpkin, and boom, you've got type two, baby. Go Dunkin'. Be local. No, thank you. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. Most of my patients would disagree with you. Okay. The Do You Enjoy Pain Award goes to Joe Burrow. What is you doing, baby? Joe, just sit your ass down on the bench. I drafted you. I bought your Bose headphones. I even one time asked a couple to scoot down the bar at Soto so I could watch you have dinner. And this is how you repay me? It's been a long time since we watched a superstar QB try to play through something this brutally impacting his game, unless you want to count Justin Herbert's broken ribs last year, but I don't. Uh, He cannot plant his foot to throw, and his line is nowhere near good enough to be giving him the time to let plays develop. And it's lowering the ceiling tremendously for everybody, from Jamar Chase to T. Higgins, while simultaneously destroying any perceived value that Joe Mixon might have, you know, been accused of having. And the worst part is that if you have any bangles, it's too late. If they bench him now, you've gone from potentially this being a four or five game problem if they sat him in the beginning to start the season to this being as many as seven or eight games. Uh, if they don't, your hands are tied because, I mean, what are you going to not play any of these guys? So, you know, flip any of them if you can, in my opinion. Flip them. I'm, I'm not against flipping Chase. I'm not against flipping Higgins and Burrow. If you could get him for Stroud or something like that at this point, I wouldn't be against it. Um, normally, when we're having our hands tied. We like it to be from some sort of sexual perspective, uh, but this time it's just sad. Sorry, we're closed. Well, what are all these people doing here? Drinking and having a good time. Well, that's why we're here. You're too stupid to have a good time. Too stupid to have a good time award. Honestly, it feels like it could go to the Bengals again. Um, there's actually an un, an endless list of candidates that I could give this award to. But let's dump on the Falcons while we can. First, let me say that Bijan Robinson and Drake London and even Kyle Pitts, I'll say it, they are angels. But this Desmond Ritter situation is enough to make me wonder if the Brits are still our allies after having to watch them play at Wembley. Um, Ritter joins the Pickets and he joins the Wilsons of the world at the bottom of the totem pole as far as EPA and success rate goes, and really any other metrics as well. But this comes down to being Atlanta's fault. They let the Marcus Mariota experiment drag on for a full 13 games last season, which means their evaluation window for Ritter was condensed to this four little game sample size that you really could not glean much from. Now, some people will say he didn't look like a starter in those. I'm not going to say he did either. But we've seen quarterbacks look okay in small sample sizes and go on to have successful careers. Let's take Jalen Hurts, for example. So I, I don't know. This is just – it's an embarrassment of failures from everybody. And now instead of you know going into this season with either a new quarterback, which they would have picked up in the offseason, or even a more developed Ritter, they're stuck just eating cafeteria food. It's really, really, really hard to watch. I'm going to refrain from any more slander from anybody else on the team because I always click on YouTube that this show is acceptable for children, and I don't want the internet to think I'm a liar. Truthful. I'm sorry, boss. If there's one thing that disgusts me, it's a man who can't admit when he's wrong. 
I swear to God, boss, I'm sorry. You disgust me, O'Connor. You want to know why you disgust me? No, why, boss? Because you're a bleeder. You bleed too much. You are a messy bleeder. You're weak. You got no endurance for pain. Ah, come on. You know who bleeds too much? Matt Canada. He's a bleeder. And he's getting his blood all over my fucking alpaca carpet. The Steelers have a 39-game streak of not gaining 400 yards, which is less probable than winning the Kentucky State Lottery, according to the local commercials that I see every day. 295 teams have gone over 400 yards in that time span. The Steelers can't do it fucking once. They lead the league in passes behind the line of scrimmage, which doesn't make any fucking sense when your wide receiver one is George Pickens and Deontay Johnson is out of the lineup. It feels a little conformist to keep beating this dead horse, but sometimes I just like everybody to know that we're all on the same side here. There can be security in conformity, and it's hard to exactly decipher where all the blame for this offense goes because I will say the offensive line looks like shit, might be the worst in the league, and Kenny Pickett has regressed significantly as a passer, and I didn't even think he looked like one last year. So when you watch him in the pocket, you know he's late on all of his throws, and I don't know if that means he doesn't trust the play design or if he doesn't trust himself, but all I know is that I don't trust him either. See, you found my trophy room, Dalton. The only thing that's missing is your ass. The only thing missing in Buffalo's trophy room is Lombardi's ass. Okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. But look, Roadhouse does not exactly, it's not exactly bursting at the seams with memorable quotes. Okay, so you guys have to give me some rope here. All right, the Bills. The Bills look better than they ever have, which is insane. The passing game looks upper elite and is getting contributions from every single position, and the run game has finally caught up to snuff. Now, there's two big factors here. First off, the play calling has been elite. The run concepts have allowed for chunk gains, which mean defenses have to respect the ground game, and that's letting Josh Allen have open reign in the deep to intermediate, intermediate to deep down the field passing. And that does lead us to number two. Josh Allen, Aboe, is finally taking the layups. He has the entire field to work with now, and he's not just force-feeding long bombs down Gabe Davis's throat or Stephon Diggs when he's in double coverage. And it did feel like there was a while where, you know, the only video he had downloaded on his phone was like the Steph Curry masterclass on how to shoot because he was only interested in bombing it. Not so much recently. Now, Drew Brees has a single-season completion record at 74.4%. Allen is currently sitting at 74.8%. Uh, which is fucking insane, truly. And he's doing it against what we all consider to be at the very least league average or better defenses sans Las Vegas. So what an ass to have indeed. Nice. I want you to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Uh-huh. And called a cocksucker in personal? No. It's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. I wonder if somebody called my mama a whore. (laughs) Is she? (laughs) Everything that can be said about a human being has been said about Jameis Winston. Jameis, it's just two nouns combined to elicit a response, my friend. If you're listening, and I know you're listening, just remember that I remember. 
This entire Saints era can be summed up by their willingness to trot out a limp-armed Derek Carr over the human firework that is Jameis Winston. The Saints tied the Patriots for the worst offensive performance of the weekend, which is an unforgivable territory to be in. 32nd in dropback success rate. They let Jameis come in for one play, and the guy says, fuck it, this is going to be my only highlight reel for the season. So he tries to bomb it deep, gets hit as he's going to throw the ball because the offensive line is bad, and of course it's intercepted. Now everybody's going to go, oh, that's classic Jameis. Like, fuck you, all right? Fuck you. Let's not forget here, Jameis was 5-2 and two with 14 touchdowns and three interceptions when he took the mantle over from Drew Brees in 2021 with Sean Payton as the coach. But with Sean Payton gone, it's been an inside job on par with 9-11. Let the man walk, for Christ's sake. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. We all used to fuck guys like Joshua Kelly in our fantasy prison. Never in the history of the game do I think has one situation summed up what it means to play this chicken shit fantasy football game that we all sign up for every year. Joshua Kelly, he had a methodical game week one against a decent Dolphins front seven. Um, He gets full-time duties for the next three games while Austin Eckler is out, and he doesn't even get 80% of the total points he had from the first game. And these are in games where, you know, this last week he would, they were up two touchdowns for 35 of the 60 minutes against the Raiders. Not every next man up is the same, I guess. You know, Kyron Williams, whose underlying metrics are pretty mediocre, is getting touchdown after touchdown jammed up my ass because the team prefers to use the running backs more in the red zone. Zach Moss is piling up yards after yards because the coaching staff is smart enough to take pressure off of Anthony Richardson. Kelly just exists. We've had this happen in the past where Chiefs and Bills RBs on these highly explosive teams that just prefer to pass the ball more in situations where most teams would run the ball, and we all fall for it. We all get hurt at running back. We all need to fill in. We all think somebody's going to save us. They don't save us. They're the Antichrist. The Chargers are fourth in the league in passing when they should run, and when you have Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert, I think that's probably the way to go. You know, I thought you'd be... Bigger. The bigger award goes to Bryce Young. I'm sorry. I just thought you would be bigger. Let's get out of here with a little word of advice. The following rant is counterintuitive to the entire premise of my show, but there's a few parties out there that I would like you all to be nice to. Number one, Justin Fields. I want you to be nice to Justin Fields. He had an embarrassing win over Sean Payton locked up until the defensive coaching staff deuced to themselves in world record time. He may not be infallible, but what's going on in Chicago is far from his fault alone. The coaching staff is one of the all-time worst. The defense is unbelievably bad, and the offense has absolutely no flow to it, and it starts with and ends with the coaching staff. I want you to be nice to Tua Tagovailoa after shitting the bed in two of his first four games. Were they awful performances? No. But we all know he has this 30-point ceiling, and when you have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and Devin A. Chain, and we'll throw some Raheem Mostert in there as well, you're expected to hit close to that ceiling every week. The Bills and the Patriots have both completely eliminated any chance of him throwing over the middle of the field in both of their games which is concerning because those are division opponents and they are going to have to play them again. But I would expect Mike McDaniel to adjust and for them to start counterpunching these strong defensive sets. 
going to be okay. Lastly, I want you to be nice to Ryan Tannehill. This is a weird one because you're probably thinking, hey, the Titans are two and two and he's got nice wins over the Chargers and the Bengals and Chuck, you've got a huge cock. But look, the truth is that the Titans are not equipped to be competitive in every game this season on offense. Derrick Henry is giving it everything he has, but when this team dips, the blame always falls on Tannehill, who, I'll be honest, only 10 days ago had 104 yards in a blowout loss. But when you watch this team play, they are barely working with anything better offensively than they were last year. The wide receivers are not up to par. Hopkins has absolutely lost a step. Chig is fine, and they don't have anybody else after that. They drafted Burks to be a number two, maybe even a number one, and he's banged up all the time. The route concepts are predictable and low probability, and the game plan gives them no advantage. Given a clean pocket and a chance to sling it, Tannehill still looks like the guy who took this team back-to-back playoff appearances within the last few years. So just be nice. Arnold Palmer alert. Arnold Palmer alert. Who wants some Arnie Palmies? (laughs) Sweetie, this one is the Vaki right here. All right, folks, that is the world-famous Arnold Palmer alert, which honestly, I don't know why FEMA doesn't just put that out instead of whatever fucking terrifying Amber Alert style message that they just did at 220 today uh just put out the arnold palmer alert and people will you know they'll be a little bit more receptive if you're trying to take over the world or you're trying to activate 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 what the hell is that activate some nanites in our blood or some shit like that at least give us a little give us a little comedy a little comedy for our uh for our bullshit but anyways where are we going with that um okay so i think we've turned this double deuce into a fun place to drink and pick up skanks we are getting into the make or break stretch of the season where top seeds establish themselves and bottom feeders shut down entirely. So that means it's trade time. Look for a trade focused podcast in the next week or so. Um, I like to think that all time is trade time, but this is when people become their most desperate and they don't, uh, you know, put the bridge up and oh, come on. What's the model? What's the metaphor I'm looking for? Uh, the drawbridge doesn't come up. Yeah. Some shit like that. So in the meantime, get those Halloween decorations hung and don't fucking ever have somebody do it for you. Good luck this weekend and cheers.